Blog Talk Radio. This is Saida Garrett, and I'm tuned in to Intro to Info with my girl, Makisha. You are listening to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha from D.C. That's me, open-minded, business-minded, spiritual, a little hood, and very nerdy and down-to-earth. And Queen of Hearts from Florida. She's so ladylike, family-oriented, quick-witted, and a real pillar in her community. On our platform, we discuss anything imaginable, but we talk a lot of pop culture, current events, and speak on our personal life experiences. We interview fantastic guests with unique stories, and Lord knows we just have organic fun. And check this out. If you want to join in on the fun, call in at 515-605-9376. We are live on Saturdays from 9 to 10 p.m. EST on the J. King Network. If you are an info for info, tune in to Intro to Info. Blog Talk Radio. This is Saida Garrett, and I'm tuned in to Intro to Info with my girl, Makisha. You are listening to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha from D.C. That's me, open-minded, business-minded, spiritual, a little hood, and very nerdy and down-to-earth. And Queen of Hearts from Florida, she's so ladylike, family-oriented, quick-witted, and a real pillar in her community. On our platform, we discuss anything imaginable, but we talk a lot of pop culture, current events, and speak on our personal life experiences. We interview fantastic guests with unique stories, and Lord knows we just have organic fun. And check this out. If you want to join in on the fun, call in at 515-605-9376. We are live on Saturdays from 9 to 10 p.m. EST on the J. King Network. If you are an info for info, tune in to Intro to Info. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Intro to Info. I'm your gracious host, Makisha, broadcasting live from Washington, D.C. So glad that you could join us today, whether you are live or via the Archives podcast. Happy New Year. I have not seen you guys or spoken to you guys. Let's see. Uh, Two Saturdays ago was Christmas, and then last Saturday it was New Year's. So we had to play some reruns, and I, uh, I even tried to get on, but they made it so it had to be pre-recorded, so they just had to take the day off without telling me to take the day off. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, Happy New Year. So, so glad that you all are in attendance with me and Queen, who I'm going to take off mute right now so she can say, hey, what's up? What's hello. up, Queen? Hello, 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 everybody. I ain't talked to y'all and seen y'all since last year. How y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> Well, as look, as as for me, I'm doing good. I'm cool in the game. Um, I'm excited to be back on air, live in and living color. Um, it's a blessing that we made it to the uh, new year, and I'm very glad to uh, welcome our special guest. Uh, I've been talking to her for a couple weeks now, and so to finally have her live with us is uh, I'm excited, guys. Her name is Ebony Farashu. And uh, she's an award-winning author and owner of Metamorphosis, Inc. Publishing, LLC. In 2007, Ebony released her first novel, Slow Burn. 
and Slow Burn Earn Ebony, the 2007 Shades of Romance magazine Reader's Choice Awards in the following categories. Best Multicultural Fiction Book of the Year, Multicultural Fiction Author of the Year, and Best New Multicultural Fiction Author of the Year. After a series of physical and emotional setbacks, Ebony took a 13-year hiatus from writing. She began a blog, Simply Ebony, through Simply Ebony, she regained not only her voice but her passion for writing. And Ebony has also written other books, but I just want to stop talking about her and talk to her. Um, I watched a couple of interviews and read her entire uh, uh, bi- uh, biography that she has online, and I was touched. So, Ebony, thank you today for giving us an hour of your time. So glad that you could join us today. How are you? I'm good. How are you all? You're welcome, and thank you for sending me a copy of your book. I have been reading it, and I'm enjoying it, um, and I'm inspired by the fact that you are a published author. I want to talk about how you became an author in the first place, and then mm-hmm. how your journey to getting published was for you because I hear sometimes that it's not an easy process. So the floor is yours. It is not an easy process. My first book was actually a book of poetry called Butterfly Kisses. Um, That book I self-published through a vanity press. And, you know, you'll pay these vanity presses all this money to publish your book, and then you still have to pay for your copies, and then you try to resell them. And at that time I thought, you know what? It was kind of like field of dreams for me in my mind. If you write it, they will come. Well, they did not come because you have to also market it. And I didn't have, you know, the money or the time or the energy to market the book. I remember taking a trip to um, um, Orchard Park right outside of Philly. And, you know, I was invited to a conference, and I thought it was such a big deal. I'm invited to this book conference, and they they want me on panels. But you have to pay your own way. You have to get a hotel room. You can't, you know, I didn't, couldn't sell enough books to cover airfare and a room and, and all of that good stuff. So I learned a very valuable lesson with that, that marketing is key. I need to, you know, sell enough books to be able to actually travel to promote them, and it's very hard sometimes. So my second book <clears throat> was Slow Burn, a novel. And at that time, I had sent the book off to so many agents and gotten so many rejections. And so I took some time and I completely rewrote that book and I sent it to a friend who loved it. And he said, you know, I have a cousin who owns his own publishing company. You know, do you mind if I send him the book? And I was like, fine. Well, just like that, I got a deal with um, Cobalt Books and it was a very good deal and they helped to market the book, and that makes a lot of difference. But I still had to do some marketing, you know, on my own. And at that time, you know, I'm a young mother. I'm raising two kids, um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> going through a divorce. So it was very hard for me to market, but I did do everything that I could. I did try to travel to places that I could drive instead of having to fly and things like that. But I think a lot of authors think that they can just write a book and people will buy it, and that is not the case. You, even if you're with a big publishing house, you still have to do some marketing unless you unless you're already famous. You're not going to get a huge advance like people think they will. And if you do get an advance, you have to sell enough books to cover that advance before you make any more money. Um, you know, you could go ten years on your publishing company, depending on the size of your advance. So um, it can be a struggle, but it can also be very rewarding. Uh, My last three novels, actually four novels, I self-published on my own. I do all of my marketing. um, You know, I do all my social media, which I need to get a little better at. Um, And it's very rewarding, but it can be very frustrating, but I'm selling the books. There will be some months I only sell one book, and I realize that if I don't talk about the books, I don't sell it. But when I talk about my books, I sell books, so I just have to be more consistent. And so if anyone out there is self-published and they feel like they're not selling the books that they should, you know, talk about your book. Every chance you can get, every single social media post, 
throw something in about your book. Like if people don't know that your book is there, they don't know that they need to buy it. There's always somebody out there that hasn't read your book. Um, you got to quit trying to sell it to all your friends and family and guilt tripping them to buy your work. That's not your target audience. Your target, target audience is the readers that are out there. You know, focus on them. There's always somebody out there that hasn't read your book that needs to know about your work. So don't think that you're just, you know, it's just a broken record that you're playing over and over again. Oh, you said so much. You hit the ground running, and I appreciate you for that. I appreciate the fact that specifically that you said that you don't, you realize uh, how important it is to market specifically on social media and that you need to get better at that. My thing with mm-hmm. that is it's necessary, but for places like Facebook, which is where, you know, our personal friends are, I don't like saturating them with stuff, like the radio show and mm-hmm. stuff, but it, that is the way to get them to act because somebody has to see something on average seven times before they consider patronizing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So with I, that said, I, I used to be afraid. afraid. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I used to be afraid, and I think that was the problem with my marketing. I was afraid to saturate. I was afraid to constantly be talking about my book. I thought people would get sick of me. The people who get tired of you are not your target audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that again. The people who get tired of you marketing your work is not your target audience. And so what I did was I created a, a whole different Facebook profile under Ebony Farashu. And then I have my personal profile under my government name because everybody on my Ebony Farashu, um, Farashu profile, they like to read. And if they don't, they're following me for different reasons. You know, maybe they think I'm funny or cute. I don't know. But I'm going to have to saturate that because we see the same commercials on TV every day. Why, we, why shouldn't we be able to post the same things every day? Yeah, and I tell people that all the time, a closed mouth will not get fed. And your product is not going to sell itself. You have to get out there and speak it up and talk it up. Because you are your your biggest seller, and that's your brand. So if that's your brand and your baby, you're going to do whatever it takes to nurture that baby and get it out there and get it known. So a closed exactly. mouth can't get fed, and you have to talk it up. And like you stated before, commercials are ran every, what, 15 20 minutes, and you say, after a while, you program to say, well, I was never hungry, so I saw that taco commercial or that Chick-fil-A commercial. Now I want some chicken. <laughs> so whoever they say, I may not be interested in that book, but then she keeps talking about it or do, like, little infomercials or maybe commercials or do a watch party. And then they go, well, darn, since she did this watch party, and she read a little snippet of that book. That sounds juicy. I'm going to have to buy that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I see that we have area code 678 with their hand up. Come on in here, 678. How are you? You should know who this is, baby sis. Hi, big brother. Michael Gay's on the hey, line, everybody. Baby. Hey, Mike. Hey, hey Mike. everybody. How you doing? Hello. Happy New Year. And I know you're going to hear Happy New Year from a bunch of folks for the next three weeks. Probably this summer, someone's going to see you ain't seen all year and be like, oh, by the way, Happy New Year. But anyway, uh, I'm listening to the young lady, and uh, she has a book out. And I was listening to how you're saying through social media, you know, there's so many other platforms. And with my platform, I've been blessed to have some great authors, some new, uh, some that are, 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 you know, just getting started or have been in um, writing for years, but like you're on this platform now, and I'm hearing mm-hmm. about you. See what I'm saying? You have to. Well, I'm just going to give you my opinion. Then I want to have have a question. Reach out to platforms like this, more so, live platforms, uh, and reach out to them to be a guest. You know, uh, that really is helpful. I think. Um, I have other friends who have written books and, and they tell me they have to travel to this state and that state and this and the other. And they sold X amount of books. Wasn't the number that they were looking for, but they did it. Right. 
Mm-hmm. But you never know what might happen in the long run because those folks that buy that book and read it, they might tell another friend. So nothing happens overnight. You know what I'm saying? It takes time. It could take a year until it actually, the word gets out and it actually spreads. But my question is this is that where with you doing, you know, your your, your book and um, what got you into writing and what do you want people to get from your your story? Well, first of and all, what would make you me be interested in your book? What are you selling to folks to make them interested to buy your book online or through Facebook or whatever uh, whatever media that you're using? And are you mm-hmm. using that to its advantage? Okay. First of all, thank you so much for your advice. I completely agree with it. Um, I do mm-hmm. need to seek out more, you know, magazines and radio shows and things like that. Um, one thing we fall into as authors, especially self-published authors, a lot of people will try to scam you. And they'll say, if you give me $100, I'll do an interview with you and, you know, and things like that. So with, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to avoid that and trying to get Good in with man. people who, you know, have a legitimate show and really just, you know, want legitimate guests um, to be on. But to answer um, one of your other questions, and you all have to excuse me because I have a concussion right now. I had a really bad car wreck. And so mm. you may have to repeat God a couple of your questions <laughs> to yeah. me. God but um, no. no, thank you so much. I appreciate that. But I will tell you what got me into writing. I have been writing since I was a little bitty girl. My father started teaching me how to read when I was three, you know, um, and he started me that early because my parents were duped into thinking I could actually read Green Eggs and Ham when really I had memorized it. And so they started pointing out random words, and they realized I didn't really know those words by sight. I really couldn't read. And so they started teaching me how to read. And um, I was always a reader. Always okay. a reader from a little bitty girl. I was kind of, some of the teachers were a little disturbed. They had to put me in creative writing because I wrote a horror story when I was in the second grade. Um, you know, and this was to the extent that they found a little boy's head in a piano bench, like all kind of crazy stuff. They were very concerned. They called my mom, and my mom said she's using her imagination, put her in creative writing. So I've been in, I was in creative writing since I was second grade, and so I've always just loved to tell a story. Um, I never knew that it was something that I could actually do seriously and make money at. But when I was in oh, you um, middle school. Kuntz or, you, you had that Dean Koontz type, you know, thing, you know, that horror <laughs> mixed with drama mixed with, go ahead, I'm sorry to interrupt, but okay, I get it. That's okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, okay. as, a middle school, <laughs> as a middle schooler and a teenager, I realized that nobody in my books that I was reading looked like me. And there was only one book that I ever found as a teenager besides books that had a black girl as a poor scholarship student sidekick. There was only one book that had a black girl as a main character, and that book was called The Truth About Me and Bobby V. And I read that book, and it was about a black girl, and I wanted to read more books about people like us. So um, as a senior, I just started writing and writing and writing and writing, and eventually I was able to get published. It took me about, you know, 10 years <laughs> to get published, but I, but I did that. Well, congratulations. Now, what were your other questions? Because I forgot them already. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. You, you already intrigued me with what you just told me. So, but the things that were, okay, so I already mentioned the things that, and in all due respect to my baby sister, this is your show, but I, I was just uh, uh, amazed because I've been meeting a lot of different writers uh, and try to find out what is the, you know got them into it and what is their uh, forte in writing. I mean, I know you know a lot of different authors. I'm a fan of, you know, like um, oh my god, um, the writer uh, what is his name? It's on the tip of my, my tongue. It'll hit me. But I'm I'm more into uh, authors who write about medical type books. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, Law and stuff like that. They've made movies off these type of uh, books. Like John Grisham. Exactly. Thank you, John yeah, Grisham. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's a host of others. 
And and those are the type of books I like to read because those are, you know, thrillers, you know, to me in a sense, for lack of a better term. But mm-hmm. um, but back to you trying to get your book out, which is what you, you're saying. You've gone through social media, and you're on this uh, platform. So you haven't really reached out further, or are you still trying to reach out further? And as you just said, that there are some folks who say that come to you and say, hey, I can do this, that, and the other, and you're being very cautious about it. Um, mm-hmm. how, how are you going about that and getting uh, information to see who is uh, uh, an individual that you can trust and, mm-hmm. and knowing who you can't trust? How are you going about it now since you've already experienced the ones that have duped you? One thing that I'm noticing is that the people who will say DM me for info, if you don't have a website or a place where I can go and see your previous work, you're not Mm. for real. If you tell me that you can get me 10,000 followers but you only have five, you're not for real. You have so many people people who are so eager to get out there and so desperate for – to try to get sales and try to get that attention, that they will fall for those things. And, and so you just have to be very, very careful. If you can't give me your website in the post telling me to DM you for info, I can't fool with you. Uh, right. That, that You know, now you're telling the truth there because, especially as you said, if they only have two or three followers, it's like, hold on, you know. Right. Back up. And then you have to question, how did you find me and why did you look for me? Because mm-hmm. they want to dupe you, right? That's a good. That's a good learning lesson. Now I will tell you this: I have had people approach me, and I want to feature you in my magazine, or I want to feature you on my blog, and this, that, and the other. And I'll kind mm-hmm. of look into them, and they're like a Christian-based show. And then uh, I have to okay. ask them: Have you ever read my work? Like you don't even know who I am. You don't even know that I write erotic. Mm-hmm romance. And then mm. I have to tell them, you know, I see that you're a Christian show. I write erotic romance. I don't want to offend your audience. And then they'll say, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. It's because you didn't even take the time to look into me and before you reached out. Research. They didn't do their research. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. And I've had that happen it's... more times than you can imagine. Wow. That's very interesting. You know, mm-hmm. you are educating me a lot, you know, uh, because, Absolutely. you know, I, I know a lot of hooks and crooks are out there, but by you sharing with what, you know, you've been presented with, I've never thought about that, too, you know, and that's 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 interesting how, and there's people out there who do everything to uh, get your information, get your product, <laughs> and the thing is that how, how do you protect your product, first of all? which is very important, that's your work, how are you going about protecting it from being stolen or, you know what I'm saying? Copyright is very important. I don't share, and I've heard about an app called Wattpad where people share their stories. I don't do that because I've always just been paranoid about somebody taking my stuff. If it works for other people, that is fine. I'm definitely not talking down on it. But I personally, I don't post stories. I don't share my stories. And I don't share Mm -hmm. even samples of my stuff until it is actually out there and published. Um, I have had people ask me if they can be a beta reader. I have a trusted set of beta readers that have been with me for 15, 20 years. And so I only send them my work because I know that I can trust them to be honest and they're not just yes people because you have authors out there and you read that book and you're like, what in the hell is going on. <laughs> they have a camp full of yes people. They mm-hmm. didn't have anybody saying, now you know damn well this don't make any sense. They have a camp mm-hmm. full of yes people, and that's not what I wanted. So I got some people that I could trust that I knew would be like, now, girl, you need to rewrite that. Or, you know, you can't, you can't put this that way. You know, you have to have honest people in your camp that are willing to tell you that your shit is trash. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can I, I can't cuss on this, can I? Oh, yes, you can. Shit, shit, shit. This is not Fox, CBS, or NBC. My bad. <laughs> I think so she allows. You have, 
Yeah. So I'm like going to work on that. Uh, one. Yes, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to find out about DC's uh, romantic books that she's talking about. I can't, she don't pique my interest on that. <laughs> you said so, it, talking about it. They just don't know how juicy it is then, huh? Well, let me tell you. I like to write, my first book, Slow Burn, a lot of people thought there was a lot of eroticism in it. I didn't think so. I was being a little conservative with that book um, because, you know, my mom and daddy was going to be reading it. So I was a little conservative with that book, so I made it more poetically sexy than anything else. It's an excellent book. I won all those awards for it. But for me, it was more, you know, it was more poetic. But when I started writing Erica's Diary, and I was a lot older then, and I had lived a lot more, and I had decided that I didn't care what anybody else think, and I put, I made that book erotic. Now, it has a valid story, and it's not about sex, and I think that's the main thing for me as an author, just for myself. I can't speak on anyone else, but for me, the way that I write erotic romance, the sex is not the story. It's just something that happens in the story, and it's the same way with real life. You know, sex is not our story. But we have sex. We're all adults here. And so if I was to write a story about your life, there would be some sex in it. That sex might be good or that sex might be bad, but my characters don't have bad sex. They have very, very good sex. And they did say They say sex girl. Anybody who's an author or a script writer or um, somebody who does what Shonda Rhimes does in terms of creating the, all of those shows has to have an enormous imagination to flesh out a book or a show. And I remember uh, Gingy Cohan, who uh, does Orange is the New Black, she said, I'll never run out of ideas. But I'm, I'm saying that to, first of all, I was inspired by that comment. But I just want to know mm-hmm. um, how you go in terms of fleshing the those out of your book, do you find it to be difficult? Do the thoughts just come to you? Like, I want to get inside your head with regard to that because being a creative, we all do it differently. So speak on it. Mm-hmm. So for me, <clears throat> I write with emotion, but my work is character-driven. And so a lot of people think I'm crazy when I say this, but I get to know my characters on an intimate level. And that's because I have to become their characters. It's kind of like method acting. I have to become that character. I get to know them on an intimate level to the point where they talk to me. There will be times where I am just so busy with my life that I don't have time to write. And, my, and you know, I might be in the shower. My character might say, hey, how long are you going to be in here? I got some shit I need to get off my chest. You need to write this down. Like my characters talk to me. These thoughts just come. If I'm at my laptop, the thoughts just come. And when my character stops talking, I know that it's time to to chill out for a minute, and then they'll start talking to me again, and I'll start writing again. That's a damn good thoughts, process. Yeah. That's a damn good process. I'm sorry to interrupt because even what I do, I think of different topics to talk about, and then if I don't write it down, it just disappears out of my head. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking last night? Oh, shit, I got to think about that again. I want to talk about it. You got to write it down. But when you put it, when you're talking about what you're saying, where when you're 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 concentrating a, on a book and 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 the character, and you put yourself in the character, just like you said, actors actually lose weight to play a character. They actually study a character. They'll get with the actor. Let's say, for instance, like. Uh, um, if you look at where uh, what's his name hung out with uh, Ray, Ray Charles to get a, uh, an understanding of him uh, before he played the character Ray, right? Mm-hmm. You all know Jamie Fox, which is Jamie Foxx, right? He hung out with him to get an understanding of his move, his movement, his his voice, you know, everything. And now that's a blessing to be able to have a living actor, a living actor at the time, to play him mm-hmm. on the screen. To do it uh, of a actor who passed away, now you got to look at videos and everything and try to emulate some videos and everything. But to actually talk to them and ask some questions and everything is a different thing. Going back to what yep. you said, it's great that you 
don't I mean you don't have that that ability to ask somebody else. All you have is yourself and a and a character that you're creating. Do you follow what I'm saying? You're creating mm-hmm. this character in your story in your book. That's great. That's great. Thank and you. so then you. you've already created that character in your mind and you've kept that character in your mind. You haven't changed it. You just keep concentrating on it, and every now and then I'm, I'm I'm just speculating that you, because there's other characters in your stories, of course. Mm-hmm. But you 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 you're, you're you're the type of person I think that you have the ability to uh, change yourself into, or change your thought process into. Okay, this is what I'm concentrating on, and I have to get set for this. And when you're thinking out the script or what that person would say or that character, I should say, would say, you actually are gearing yourself for that. Am I right? Yes. Mentally. Okay. Yes. That, that, that's, that's a sign of a great writer because you're really, you're, you're really uh, uh, sacrificing yourself for, for a good story and, and, and you're really uh, – uh, committed to your work to make it realistic in a sense. I, I, mm-hmm. Well, really, I shouldn't say realistic, but as real as you can of what's going on in your head and what you think that character would do at that point in time as you write. That's very interesting. I find that very interesting hearing that. And Thank not you. just coming up with something just to go ahead and mm-hmm. fill up pages of paper. You're Mm-mm. taking time to actually think over and think it over so that when the outcome of the whole story is where we are either in awe or in, like, you know, shock, whatever you want to do in the story or whatever the book or the story is about, you, you're giving that whole effect. That's a great yeah. way to do the process. Yes, mm. absolutely. And one thing that I do, <clears throat> I remember around Christmas in 2020, I was working on my book, Orchid's Nectar, and at that time I was writing with where my male character was heartbroken, and he had never really been heartbroken that way before over a woman, and I had to put myself <laughs> in his shoes, and I remember decorating, my husband came home and I was decorating my Christmas tree, and all he could hear was sad ass music, Michelle and Deggio Cello's bitter album and you mm. know, Glory one of Gloria Estefan's old love sick songs and I just had this playlist <laughs> full of sad, um, depression song and I called that playlist song that songs that'll fuck you up. That was the name of the playlist, songs that will fuck you up. And I played <laughs> this playlist while I was decorating my Christmas tree because I couldn't afford to get out of character. Right. Because I knew that when I finished that task, I needed to go in there and finish writing this dude's story, and I couldn't get out of yeah. I couldn't afford to get my mind out of that. Right. Wow. And so my That's husband, deep. he just he thinks I'm crazy anyway, but he just laughed and, and went on about, about his business. <laughs> Do what you're doing. <laughs> well, hey, you know he married you for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> but I just want. Um, first of all, let me bring Tam on. Tam just got on the show, so I want to say hello to her. And Tam, we're talking to Miss Ebony, who writes erotic literature. So I know you. So calm down, calm down. Now, um, <laughs> take a breath, breathe in, breathe out. Follow me. Breathe in, breathe out. There you go. All right, go ahead, baby. Sue. I know that ain't Mike saying that. That's Mike. You know it's me. Uh, hey, uh-huh. how you doing? Mm-hmm. I know you breathing <laughs> in real hard, breathing out. Hey, I don't mind. As long as I can breathe, I'm going to keep on breathing through, in, and uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, that, that pause <laughs> that gets you every time. That's all right. And Pam, where you been, girl? 
I've never read anything erotica. But you looked at it because mm-hmm. everything that you looked at is erotic. <laughs> you can't right. lie to yeah. you. <laughs> we got um, you look at is erotic. Area code 602 has their hand up. Um, I'm going to bring you in for your question or your comment. Good evening. Area code 602, you're off mute. Go ahead and speak. That's fine. Uh, you could, I'm going to leave you off of mute just in case you want to come back in. Um, so, Ebony, I want to go back to the part where you were speaking about how you had to, you had written a book and you approached publishers about it and mm-hmm. got rejected and had to, had to redo it. See, stuff like that, I feel like when you're in the art, you have to have a certain strength for all that rejection that may potentially come your way. Um, yeah. And that's a good of that. Like, that's – even hearing you say that was discouraging just to hear me – you know, hear you say that. But mm-hmm. how did that – like, what did that teach you? How was that experience? I mean, was it hard? It was hard, but then I had to realize that when an agent – because a lot of publishers, most publishers, will not accept your work. They won't even look at your work unless an agent sends it to you. So you have to find an agent first. So at that time, I was looking for a literary agent. And they would tell you, only send the first two or three chapters of your book. Right. And so they kept sending it back to me and rejecting it. And I was thinking to myself, if they would only go let me send chapter four, they would really get into it. And then you think. Well, they need to get into it by chapter one, because I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of people, me included, if you don't catch me by the second or third page, I'm out. Like, I no longer feel guilty about not finishing books. I won't finish a book if I don't like it. Uh, My time is valuable. And so, well, these agents, their time is valuable, too. So I had to go through my book and reread it, read it out loud, and I was like, I need to make some changes. And and, And I changed that book. And it turned into the award-winning book, Slow Burn. And the great thing about that award for me was that I didn't even know I was nominated. So I didn't even have a chance to get all my friends and family to hurry up and get to their computers and vote for me. I didn't even know that I was nominated for this award. I didn't even know I had won until a fellow author congratulated me. And I went and looked, and I was like, oh, my God. But it was because I took the time, and I instead of taking that criticism to heart, saying, well, they just don't know what they're talking about. This book is the bomb. I went through my book and made it the bomb. And if you're not willing to take criticism, you have to be willing to take the criticism. Yeah, and let there be a lesson to up-and-coming artists that sometimes you may face rejection and the way of the way to handle it, the, the, the productive way to handle it. You guys are listening to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha. Queen of Hearts is here. Tam is here. Brother Michael Gay is here. And we're talking to Ebony. Ebony, I know I butchered your last name the first time, but say it for me so I don't butcher it again. <laughs> it's Farashi. Ebony Farashi was in the place to be, y'all. Uh, let's probably say this girl right here. Um, if you have a question or a comment, dial us at 515-605-9376. That number again is 515-605-9376. I'm going to pass the mic to Queen or Big Brother or Tam and see if they have any questions or comments up to this point. And, again, um, 602, you're off of mute if you want to say something as well. So go ahead, guys. The floor is yours. Amen. Amen. I now, have a question. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this is Pastor Don G and CEO. I'm a big supporter of the show. I mean, wow. Y'all been on fire tonight. I'm just telling y'all to do y'all thing. I'm, I'm listening and I'm appreciating the wisdom that's being said. So I'm having a great time. Thank you. Thank that's you. It. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, so is this is your book available in the Audible um, edition? It is not available on Audible, unfortunately. That's something that I'm trying to work towards. It's very expensive um, to get someone to read your book um, and get that studio time and things like that. So not on Audible yet, but it is available on Amazon. And then autograph copies are available on my website, um, metainkpub.com. 
Okay. Well, I happen, I happen to be an aspiring uh, voice actor, so um, I definitely would be available to help you out with that. Okay. Well, send a, um, send me an email, info at metainkpub.com. And okay. it's Meta MPPA. And, and y'all know Tam likes to read sex stuff. So, yeah, go ahead and let her do that. <laughs> I don't know where your information is coming from, Sneesha, but. Uh, <laughs> okay. And see, she may like to see, but I like to watch the videos. I'm not a reader, so, um, and my kids and all of them know I'm not going to pick up the book, but once you put it on DVD or VHS or. Streaming it or something like that, I'll be front and center. <laughs> well, from your fingers, maybe somebody will see, read my book and decide it needs to be a movie and they'll make that happen for me. <laughs> I think you need to slide it into Tyler Perry DM or send it to him in the mail and let him do that. <laughs> and see, no respect, no disrespect to Tyler Perry. I love his story, but I think I would be afraid to let him have my book because. I wouldn't want it to be, it's like my baby. And so I wouldn't Mm. want it to be butchered, and I wouldn't want my characters running around in bad wigs. Well, there's a lot of individuals (laughs) outside of Tyler Perry. There's a lot of them out there that you can send them um, a a little info about your your book. You know, you got to give a teaser, which I'm pretty sure you already know. But give them a mm-hmm. teaser. There's folks out there that have the money, and, and, you know, they have the money, and you might catch somebody's ear or better yet their eyes uh, yeah. to read the story and everything. Because if you guys think about it, there's a lot of blockbuster movies out there that were never meant to be made. Think about it. A yeah. lot of them. Because you already know the stories of actors who turn down roles. Look at Sidney Poitier who made some of the biggest hit movies that other actors turned down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry, Harry, Harry Belafonte even said, there's a lot of movies he turned down. Guess who got them? Sidney Poitier did. Yeah. And God bless his soul who passed just this week. You know, if that didn't happen, if that didn't happen, Sidney Poitier would not have been in the position that he was in at that time and be the classic, uh, unbelievable black icon he is now. So, you know, look at the options that you have. I've always been taught nothing beats a failure but a try. You don't fail unless you don't try. If it doesn't come through, you're not a failure. At least you tried. So get it out there to everybody you can and, and see who is smart enough to pick up on it. And if they're, if they're that, that stupid to not catch it and somebody else does, trust me, they're going to be upset with themselves because they didn't take the opportunity of what you offered. So keep doing what you do in my system. Thank you. I received that. I fully received that. <clears throat> and Ebony, um, I just want to, um, from a personal standpoint, you and I have been speaking for a few weeks, and, um, yes, the world does uh, – have some scammers, but I just want to thank you and me for because she was supposed to come on one time, but like she said, she was in a bad accident and she came back and said, "Hey, I still am interested." And and she was and you also said that um you are looking for ways to promote, and I found you. So it's always little ways that God shows up in your life, and I just want people to just remember that. And um, the fact I'm not a you know a, a con artist, I, I'm always scouting for my next yes, like everywhere I go, and that's just how I do things. And um, Big Brother, I would love to know your technique. You're well connected, and that's part of how I do mine too. But I'm always on looking for people. And I always, like you said, Ebony, see what their brand is. And when you were saying that, um, that's part of the brand. When somebody has five followers, but you know that's part of the brand. Like I don't believe your brand if you have just five followers. You you either didn't put in enough time or you a scammer. So um, the importance of just branding is paramount, especially when you want to grow and be on a certain trajectory. So I'm glad that you mentioned that um, a little while ago. Um, and, uh, 
Big Brother, I wanted you to jump in here because you, like, your show today was interesting. And it seems like you're trying well, to branch you. out and stuff. But, yeah, um, just I just wanted to say that piece and give you a chance to reply. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. Uh, we had an interesting show and, and topic, and uh, I would love for your guest to, to, to uh, if she has time, to come and join us and, and our panel and uh, share, you know, because – for me, it's always networking, you know, regardless of us as, as the black community, regardless if you're on that side of the fence and I'm on this side of the fence, we have mm-hmm. to learn how to tear that fence down and grow the same yard. You follow me? Yeah. Let my yard do yours and let's cross paths. Unfortunately, we we are in a situation where we have so many fences against each other. Well, Baby sis knows that she's always welcome on my show. I'm always welcome on her show. You know, I try to tear mm-hmm. down fences. Unfortunately, there are some individuals who keep certain fences up. I'm not naming no names or anything. I'm not pointing no fingers. But when I hear these conversations about how we can join as a black community, tear down the fences among ourselves. Forget about the fences that the white folks had years ago and still do have. But we have fences among ourselves. We need to tear down and be more open and honest with each other and work with each other. If you're going to network, you've got to tear down that net, and that's what we have. So, yeah, I would be, you know, uh, honored to have her to come and stop by us and, and share what she's doing because when I look at and I'm going to try to go ahead and make this quick, I look at, you know, I'm going to be 60 in March. And at 60 mm-hmm. years old, I'm not out here trying to, you know, uh, 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 puff up my chest towards nobody. I want to live right. the rest of my life in comfort and peace. But I want to share my knowledge and my experience with young folks. Unfortunately, there's some young folks that don't get it, you know, especially in the black community. As we keep killing each other off over stupid things and everything, that's great to some folks, you know, mm-hmm. that's great to some folks for us to keep destroying ourselves. But we have to stop talking about who's destroying us when we know who it is, ourselves. Mm-hmm. If once we stop that, then we might see some positives going. But right now, um, I think that sharing, like the young lady on the show, of what she's doing, writing books, getting into it, sharing her stories, we need to concentrate on that. Young folks need to learn that. That there's that, that uh there's so much you can do. Um, and I have to say that, as I already said, nothing beats a failure but a try. Try for positive, not negative. Negative is going to wind up in two different things. I'm sure you guys have heard it, either in prison or in a grave. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's the only two choices that you have when you keep going down that negative road. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just blessed to, and thankful to be able to talk to you all. You know, like I said, uh, I've gone through some, some crazy stuff in my life, but I thank God I'm still here. And I'm still going through some crazy stuff, but I'm not going to invite negativity into my life. So Amen. I'm going to keep doing I'm not going to invite it. I'm going to look at the positives and listening to this show and, and just happen to chime in and hearing you, my sister, uh, share about what you're doing, that's, that's a positive message, and anybody can do it. Absolutely. Yes, and, thank you. and I would love to be on your show. Okay. Well, I'll, ta- I'll talk to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to uh, Makisha and see, uh, you know, and get your information and uh, set up a date, and that will be great because positivity is what we need. This negative stuff that's going on is is just out of hand, and only we can control our destiny. Our, our young kids nowadays, you know, unfortunately, uh, which that's a different story because social media is just out of hand, you know, um, and everything you hear on social media, they think it's gospel. you got, mm-hmm. got to teach folks that that's, that's entertainment. It's a form of entertainment. First and foremost, that's what it was created for. It really was. So, 
effect. Facebook was Ebony's contact information and anybody, Ebony, who wants to get in contact with you or buy one of your books, please uh, tell them where they can go. Okay. So in order to um, buy a book, you can either go on Amazon.com and just look me up, Ebony Farashu, F-A-R-A-S-H-U-U. There's two U's. Or if you want an autograph copy, um, you can go to my website, which is info at M-E-T-A-I-N-K-Pub.com. So you can go to my website. Um, You can actually contact me through my website. You can join my mailing list, or you can get an autograph book. Okay. You can also you have been Instagram. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, you can also um, get with me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm on Facebook as Ebony Farashu. I'm also on Instagram as Ebony Farashu. No spaces. You've been a phenomenal guest. I really appreciate you giving us an hour of your time. I think that everybody on this call uh, had a great time, and I hope the listeners who are listening live and via the archive, archive podcast have enjoyed themselves. Queen of Hearts and myself are tag teaming for the um, guests for the upcoming weeks, and so we're going to make this year just stupid. And just thank you guys for just rolling with us, sister, and rolling with the sisters, Tam. Um, until next time, same bad ch- time next week. We love y'all. Stay up. Peace. Love you. God Peace. Thank you. Good night. Good night.